Hey all, this is Sean Gerber. Thank you for listening today, but before we get started, I have a couple of questions for you. Are you caught in the daunting maze of CISSP preparation, unable to find your way forward? That's precisely where I found myself when I began studying for the CISSP. Overwhelmed would be an understatement. There are now an ocean of CISSP training programs available, and are you unsure which ones to trust? I remember the struggle, but there was nothing accessible to me outside of the pricey boot camps. And that's precisely why CISSP Cyber Training came into existence, to illuminate your pathway towards acing the CISSP exam. At CISSP Cyber Training, I've forged the CISSP blueprint into a step-by-step guide to navigate you through the intricacies of the CISSP journey designed to provide you the direction and guidance you need to pass the CISSP exam confidently. But don't just take my word for it. Listen to what one of my students, Kevin Fallon, had to say about the CISSP blueprint. This is precisely what I needed in your course, direction. The blueprint is the perfect roadmap to stay on track. I appreciate its clarity and tangible sense of progress it brings. A phenomenal tool for revision. And then there was another from Christopher Wagstaff. Sean Gerber, your guidance was invaluable throughout the CISSP study and certification process. Thank you for breaking the monotony. Once you've wrapped up with the podcast, make your next stop, CISSPCybertraining.com, and let's together turn the tide in your favor, meeting your CISSP goals and catapulting your career in cybersecurity. Now, without further ado, let's get going. Giddy up. Welcome to the Reduce Cyber Risk Podcast, where we give you the tools you need to meet your regulatory requirements while helping keep the evil hacker horde at bay. Hi, my name is Sean Gerber, and I'm your host for this action-packed, informative podcast. Join me each week as I provide the information you need to best protect your business and reduce your company's cyber risk. All right, let's get going. Okay, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the mitigation piece of cyber risk management. And we're going to talk about how you manage and mitigate your specific cyber risk. Now, one thing to keep in mind is no amount of money that you're going to spend is going to get you to a zero point. There's just no way. Uh, unless you basically unplug, don't connect to the Internet, and don't let any, any of your networks connect or talk together. So bottom line is, is that you will never get there unless you do some of those drastic measures, which I don't recommend. The cybersecurity companies will tell you, though, in many cases, many vendors will say, we can get you to zero. We can protect you the best we possibly can. And there's some truth in that, that, that what they provide you, if implemented, will dramatically reduce your risk. However, at the end of the day, they can only do so much. And much of what can affect your company is how you minimize that risk specifically. Okay, So if you focus on the doing the basics, the blocking and tackling pieces of this, you can dra- dramatically reduce your risk. And using those vendor-provided tools, it'll work as well. So something to keep in mind, no amount of money is ever going to get you where you want to go. And that, the blocking and tackling that we talk about is the, the patching, the provisioning, the deprovisioning of your accounts and your access controls. Uh, an example is we, when I was in the Air Force, we would take advantage of accounts that had numerous people in these accounts. Well, what would happen is we'd hack Bill's Bill, and Bill had access to basically this one account and he would have a group there'd be multiple people in this group well we'd get into that group and then we'd, we'd pivot and we'd expand well that's the same thing if people have access to multiple accounts and multiple groups 
then therefore the access to these systems can increase. So that's why it's important for you to understand if you're going to mitigate this stuff, you need to do the blocking and tackling first. Another thing that you can do to mitigate the risk is cyber insurance. Uh, I have other episodes that we'll talk about and other trainings about this, but at the end of the day, cyber risk insurance or cyber insurance can be a way for you to transfer some of this risk to an insurance company. Now, is it going to fix you all the time? No. Uh, is, is there things in there that you need to pay attention to? Yes. You need to definitely understand the exemptions and the terms of each policy because they can bite you. Uh, there's a recent incident uh, in... I want to say in Virginia, where the Bank of Blacksburg had a situation where they got hacked and it was about two and a half million dollars. Well, they didn't totally understand their insurance policy. And what's ended up happening now is the insurance company is saying, we're not going to cover that. So it, it will vary. You really need to understand what is the risk to your company. Um, it also may require you the creation of various processes and procedures, i.e. incident response, breach notification, so on and so forth. So there's other things that you're going to have to think about when you create these products or when you go get these insurance products. Um, and then, again, I'll have another uh, area about cyber insurance, and that'll be in a separate training that I'll put out later. But, again, if you're going to have a business, you need to have some level, I, in my recommendation, some level of cyber risk insurance. So you also need to look at testing options. So how do you test your, your capability? What do you have? Um, there's called vulnerability assessments, and you can do internal or external scans of your environment. Now that could be if you have a web presence, you have an internet, you have a web page out there. You can scan that web page. That's open to the internet. What actually can someone get into if they to take over your website? Also, there's ways that you can get into your your network remotely. Like if you have VPNs, if you have a remote access somehow, you can scan those as well to see if there's a way that you could potentially get in. And those are vulnerability assessments that can occur through scanning. You can also do an audit or like a technical questionnaire type activity where you have specific questions that you'll ask and based on those questions we'll kind of have they'll they'll go down in different ladders of going well then there's this section then there's this section so these different audits you can do and it'll provide some guidance around what your network looks like uh, and so these assessments are quite valuable especially most uh, regulatory requirements have some level of an assessment a security assessment that you have to go through whether it's a an actual technical assessment where you got people scanning your system or if you've got just a document that you're walking through. And I kind of talk about that in one bullet is that there is possible regulatory requirements that you need to consider. Uh, are, are, does the FDIC require something? Is there some sort of insurance requirement? Again, those are different areas that you need to understand. The other thing is a penetration test. Now, a penetration test, a vulnerability assessment is kind of a wide swath. A penetration test is a very narrow targeted approach. And that means if you're just looking specifically at like a web server, which is basically your page to the internet, a, a penetration test may focus specifically on that web server. Or if there's a firewall that is access to the internet, which allows your people that are within your network access to the internet, a, a penetration test may focus specifically on that firewall to see if they can break through it. The entire system, specific servers and associated processes, what well, the goal is that they come in, they hit a system, and then they pivot and they try to roll back into it. Uh, again, some possible regulatory requirements fall into this line as well. You may be required to do a penetration test based on your business and your business model. There's a thing called red team activities. And that's what I used to do in a different life. And the red team activities are really, really cool. Okay, it's awesome. But what we, asked to, what we got to do is we got to basically emulate the adversary. And so we would hack. First of all, we would hack into a system. We would try to steal as many credentials as we could so that then we could pose 
as a physical presence. So then I, what we would do is after we hacked it, we would get badges, we'd get all the things we need, then to become a part of that society. And then we would blend into the population of the normal employees. The goal was to not just get electronic data, but to get physical data as well. Now, the one thing around that is great, and it also tests the physical protections of your facility. The, the thing that really comes down to, though, most hackers, unless they really want to get access, access to a physical system, let's say a network is segregated or separate from the original business network. So basically, you have your own little private network where you keep all your R&D junk at. Well, if I want to get physical access to that because I can't get network because it's separated, then I will send in a physical team. But in today's world, everything's digitized. Everything's on the network. You can get almost 95% or more of that information that you really want through the network. But again, these can be extended durations. Uh, we would go for weeks and months at a time as we're trying to get into a system. I'm also a firm believer in the fact that you tell me I can't break in, a hacker will find a way. It's just a matter of time. Now, it may take them months to get in, but they'll get in. The question is, once they get in, can you find them? So you got to decide, are you willing to accept the risk too? So when you're dealing with mitigation pieces of this, you may come down and just say, you know what? I'm willing to accept that risk. It's not a big deal. I know, how to, I know the risk is to my company. But bottom line is, I don't want to spend the money or I don't have the people to train, so I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to accept that for my company. Be careful that you do that. Make sure you have all the information at your fingertips and you are well-versed in what is the actual risk you're accepting. So often, they, a leader within an organization will come in and say, yeah, I'm accepting that risk. That risk is, I've figured it out. But then they don't totally understand the overall picture and they're accepting risk when in reality, they probably shouldn't be accepting that risk, or they should at least put other mechanisms in place to transfer that risk, i.e. insurance policies and so forth. So in this lesson, we kind of talked about in this episode, how to manage and mitigate your cyber risk. We talked about cyber insurance, which will be more to come around that. Again, focusing specifically on exemptions and how much insurance do you really want to buy. Uh, testing options, your vulnerability testing, your red team testing. And then determining how much of the risk do you really want to accept. Do you want to basically go, I'm good. I'm going to put my head in the sand. I don't care. Or you may decide to go, you know what? I'm going to mitigate some of that with insurance. I'm also going to put some of the security practices in place. But there's also a piece right here. I'm just going to go ahead and accept that risk. So something you got to consider. All right. If you like what you heard, check us out again on YouTube. You can get us at uh, Reduce Cyber Risk. Or you can check me out at Sean Gerber at YouTube. Uh, we, we've got stuff out there. Or ReduceCyberRisk.com. You can check me out on that as well. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening today, as it was my pleasure to prep you for the CISSP exam. But are you interested in some free CISSP exam questions? Head on over to CISSPQuestions.com and sign up to join my email list and you will gain access to 30 free CISSP questions each and every month. That's a total of 360 questions just for signing up with CISSP Cyber Training. You will also gain access to other free resources. So just head on over to freeCISSPQuestions.com or CISSPCybertraining.com and sign up today. All right, have a wonderful day and we'll catch you on the flip side. See you.